0: Yes, welcome to For and Against, where we take sports seriously. Sometimes. It's Paul Roach with you here for a debut show on our new home on the Diamond Senior Media Network. Thanks for having us, guys. Here on For & Against, we delve into the big issues in sport off the field of play. We're not interested in results, injuries or who's going to win. We kind of are, but not here, that's done to death elsewhere. Uh, It's the off-field stuff that gets us out of bed and into the studio. The business of sport, the legal niceties, governance, how we consume sport, the place of sport in our society. For & Against is your kind of monthly dose of what's going on in sport beyond the boundary a place where we argue the toss over whatever tickles our fancy. We're a sports show that's not afraid to use polysyllabic words, so you have been warned. We, I hear you say, yes, who is we? Glad you asked. Let me introduce you to the for and against team. First up, we have Simon Johnno johnson who's our golfing expert, token leaguey and is not short of an opinion about the law. Welcome, Johnno.
1: G'day, rochi It's nice to be socially distant from you, but back in the studio.
0: Mm, indeed. Uh, David Bear Gill lives, lives and breathes football, is a successful under-9s football coach, uh, and is our fashion guru. G'day, Gilly. How's things with you, mate?
2: I'm oh, very well, thanks, Paul. I think Simon's probably very disappointed not to be the anointed fashion guru of the, the team. But I'm, of the I'm, I'm happy to take that. And it's uh, likewise great to be out of sonic isolation.
0: You've got more history in the fashion stakes. I know John has put up a bit of a bid for it lately. but uh, And Stephen Riles, Riley, is our non to diversity, living as he does in Melbourne. He's our strategy and media gun. G'day, Riles, how are you going?
3: That, that actually means I'm the fashion guru, except that I only wear black.
0: Being from Melbourne, of course, of course, of course. Yes, we're coming at you from the uh, Diamantina Media Network headquarters in Sydney, Uh, hence the diversity there for our token Melbourne friend. Uh, And look, I just fill in the gaps with occasional blatherings about motorsport and the swans. So we're coming out of self-imposed isolation. Uh, If you followed us across from our stint at the National Broadcaster, yes, more than just a game is dead, long live for and against. You'd be aware we've had a 12-month career break. That ended up being sort of about 14 months thanks to COVID. so it's great to be back under a new name but much that is familiar and if you've just discovered us a big welcome to you you'll generally find we tackle a couple of key issues in sport often do a quick fire wrap of other issues worth talking about and religiously end with red card yellow card which is a segment where we poke fun at sporting folk who've erred hopefully badly off the field of play and so what an opening show we had with one of the biggest challenges to many things, sport very much included, swirling invisibly around us. We've dedicated pretty much the entire show to the impacts of COVID-19, what it's all meant and what it will mean uh, to the media, the grassroots, the existential crises that certain sports may or, or, have, or have faced. Um, we will be rolling out the socials for our next show. Now, I didn't clear this with you guys, but I know how much we like a deadline, so I just thought I'd put this in the public no arena. No pressure, Richie. That's right. We need, I need we'll a sort. deadline. You we'll understand this? We'll don't sort you? the socials for so next show. For next show, <laughs> next that's show. right. Got so stay you for that. Right, intros done with. Let's get into it. We want to get straight into it. Uh, and interested in exploring the sports media landscape and how. Uh, COVID-19 and everything that's come with it has affected the media landscape around sport. And I suppose let's start with how we watch it. And there's got to be a question around what sports have benefited from all this, all this being, for those of you who are listening to this in 10 and 100 years' time, we're in a period of peak isolation caused by a mad virus. Uh, what, uh, what sports have benefited from this period and what haven't? Riles, what do you reckon? You had some strident opinions about this as we walked in the door.
3: Well, look, I think we're going to find a a bunch of different issues about this. Um, The part I wanted to really start on, I guess, was what works on TV and what doesn't. I mean, there was uh, a great big lockdown of sport, of course. And then there was a a, a real clattering rush to get the big games back on TV. And we'll we'll talk about the economics of sport later, because I think that's Mm. what was driving it. But but I think what was interesting is once they got back on. uh, Well, I'll talk about TV to start with. We'll talk about Internet later um it was interesting which sports work well on tv and which ones don't well didn't they all all
0: work well on tv when they finally got back to tv fake crowd noise notwithstanding which is the most
2: annoying thing about the whole thing i think the ratings would say yes they've all worked well but i think definitely conversations with uh fellow sports lovers um some sports can deal without crowd without the background crowd and its associated noise and atmosphere for lack of a better word better than others i would say that, as i would say that you know afl and football struggle a little bit afl the balls in the air all the time you get to see those empty seats very regularly Football, I find... What I find kind of distracting with football is that you hear every single pass and every grunt and every shout. And distracting? It's, it's distracting, but just... It really, because of the echoing sound that it makes, it just emphasises... It the, sounds like you're watching emptiness. a
0: training run, doesn't it? But yeah. it's back
1: to basics. In some ways, I watch a bit of the um, England Windies test, um, and, and it's like watching park cricket or grade cricket sometimes because you do hear everything. It's quite extraordinary.
0: But isn't that interesting? So you... I, I don't think I've actually been. I've got tickets to a Swannies event coming up soon, which I'm
2: very interested to go to. But um, it's uh, isn't it just about what goes on the, on on the field? It was interesting for about three games, yeah. and then it it wore off. And at the at the risk of jumping ahead, I found that the sports that haven't um, had the the. the the same impact or the same negative impact as sports like Formula One or MotoGP, where the real noise is provided by mm. the engines and that, that hasn't changed. And then other sports like Simon's beloved golf, where there's not really that much noise anyway. And I, I'm finding watching golf pretty much the same, um, whether yeah, there's so. a gallery or not
3: no you've got to be <laughs> kidding no the only thing that any of you have said that makes any sense whatsoever is that f1 has played well on screen because you can't hear the crowd every other sport and i mean every other sport mm. has struggled because you don't get that reaction you don't get a, a a league player scoring a try in the corner and then gesturing to the crowd you don't get the the fists in the air when uh, uh, when they score a goal in afl and golf is the same. You land a big putt, and crickets.
0: Should have mentioned this in the intro. Steve's our also our theater man. He he loves WWE. It's all about the show. It's uh, you know, I just like the purity of the athletic endeavor and the result. I'm i I'm, I'm in sales. Give me a result. That's all. That's what I'm after. I'm just, uh, at risk of oversimplifying. Ah,
3: uh, at, at the risk of. Uh, taking your lead and letting me hijack the show for one minute to talk about Wrestlemania go for it there's (laughs) there's a sporting event (laughs) (laughs) it's got to be a sport there's a sporting event that usually plays to 80,000 people and they had to do it in a deserted studio and so what they started doing was cinematic type stuff, they had to get creative, mixed results if I'm honest, just to be
0: very very clear, 5 minutes into episode 1 WWE is not a sport. I concur. Thank you. <laughs> 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 it is theatre. It is theatre. Uh, any other sports that have or haven't worked that stand out?
1: I agree with Dave. I think golf has been fantastic. I mean, the, the reality is for two months there, there was no sport to watch. And so as the sport started to str- trickle back onto TV, I think we were all just desperate to watch something. So um, I was grateful for whatever
0: was on TV when it first Bel- came back. Belarusian, uh, within the. Be- Belarus, uh, Gilly, the as Belarusian a football expert.
2: I think Kazakhstani football never went away. Yeah. But do you know what I really thought was the big winner? <laughs> the big winner was the sports documentary and in particular The Last Dance, the, mm. the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls documentary. Great documentary and I think it would have done well at any time. But because of the time when it came out, everybody was talking about The Last Dance and I was looking forward to watching an episode like I would look forward to watching a, a big sporting event. Even though I knew who was going to win... Um, the the last dance had me completely hooked
1: closely followed by a tiger king not necessarily sport related i know
0: (laughs) (laughs) talking about not
3: sport out, out of bounds here Jono. um so so tell me tell me this though doesn't it make a difference what they're playing for so when you look at the last dance and a documentary like that you know real people real crowds real atmosphere you watch the sports right now and it's not clear that they're playing for something real at the moment. And I think the best mm. example is the most extreme okay. and the most disappointing, which is Rugby Union. Rugby Union's put together a Mickey Mouse competition that counts for nothing and is getting that sort of reaction in the ratings. And, you know, frankly, with the, you know, 25 relatives that are there to watch. <laughs>
0: okay, you kind of got me, you're to with me over there, that the, the sense of them actually playing for something. Because, and maybe the, does that sort of account for some of the, uh, uh, the poorer scoring in Aussie rules. Like, they talk about lack of preparation, they talk about that crucial last four minutes being off the quarter, means they don't get time to steamroll, talk about a number of things, but maybe it's just that the, the lack of energy, the absence of, of energy for the players that the crowd but provides. I
1: think, I think it'll be across the board, won't it? For most sports, there'll be an asterisk against 2020. Ah, no. Because... No. No, no not absolutely. For me, not for me. I mean... If the Hawthorne comes out and wins the flag this year, which obviously won't happen, but if Richmond comes out and wins another flag this year, there'll always be an asterisk against the name. They're playing 16-minute quarters. Um, The games are condensed. It's not a real season. And I reckon that's across the case with most sports at the moment.
2: Exceptions, though. I would say Liverpool winning the Premier League (laughs) wouldn't have made a whole lot of difference to Liverpool fans. And same with Leeds United being promoted out of the Championship. Mm. Not quite the same, but I think because of what it meant... um, Maybe, you know, Agree, maybe a five percent reduction in half
1: of their, half of their season took place pre-COVID, so you can yeah, kind of see yeah. that that's that's a bit different.
0: So, but I don't get what, what your problem. Is. So, Aussie rules, as I say, you know, four minutes off each quarter. It's, it's 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 a very slightly different game, I suppose, if you want to be technical about it. But there's no reason not to say that whoever ends up being, um, you know, whoever wins the flag has legitimately done so because they're facing a team teams that are in exactly the same situation
1: i don't think so with the way the draw is set up at the moment there are there'd be strong arguments that some of those teams who have to play in different hubs not getting to play at home having to do way way more Ah, travel
0: toughen up there's always arguments about the afl draw it's always unfair um i love some of the um overreach if that's the right word that media outlets have gone the efforts they've gone to the lengths they've gone to to fill in the time uh, I think one of my favorites was the advent of marble racing uh, which I'm not sure whether it was a made for covid thing or marble racing. it was just undiscovered it was pretty good no, wasn't it? it it was cool <laughs> so take a bowl of about let's say 20 marbles all of which are different colors someone has set up a track in a in a, sl- a sloping mud bank or mud sand was it probably sand something like that, yeah, damp sand
2: with the kind of slight decline. yeah on a, on maybe
0: a 10 to 20 degree incline let's say and there would have been i um, let's say a 20 30 40 meter potential racetrack, inverted commas and it's just you know someone had carved out a channel in this on this slope of sand but an in, occasionally intricate channel and sometimes mm-hmm. the fork in the road so the marbles might go to the left or to the right and, and it's then it's so like it,
2: the Tour de France when they go around and roundabout yeah. <laughs> <things. laughs> and super slow mo exactly
0: riding. like that well it's too fast for super slow mo you see because it happens it's great road right? and the commentator the commentator's
2: talking like he's on drugs
0: <laughs> <laughs> like you know the old Chris Marshall ads for those. I watched
2: one race and I quite enjoyed it I did quite enjoy yeah, it's it good. I have to admit my, 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 my marble did not win I'm sad to say but...
0: can you gamble on it I'll I'm got... sure you can Presumably, <laughs> sure we'll okay. yeah. over an in India only a I'm matter sure. time.
2: Yeah.
0: precisely uh, any other good examples it of overreach be... Steve-O
3: oh no I was, I was just going to join in the marble conversation and, and say it reminds me of racing matchbox cars as a kid yeah, I would know, have to pull out some old uh, Super Eight video and put some commentary over the top of it somehow. Yes, it was, it Steve was is not very di- old, folks.
2: It was not dissimilar to that actually. It, it brought back that kind of feeling. Um, I've they spent a lot of time feeling necessary, mm. um, and I guess at the beginning it was just replays of recent games, and then they started getting a bit more creative, and they've had some hits and some misses. One that I thought was utterly bizarre was this Fox Footy Channel initiative where they had today's commentators re-commentating old games and i i just couldn't see what the attraction of that would be to anybody and why anybody would Want to sit through a game they've seen before? They know the result just to hear their favorite current commentator, commentator right. commentating mm. on the game. And how would the commentators get motivated for that? Mm. Anyway, I didn't actually watch a game. I just, I, it just didn't was, was, <laughs> You're were, you were aware of it as a concept. I was aware of it as a concept, and just my mind kind of boggled. And then there was, the, have you seen this golf one, Simon, where they Which one? put together footage of a number of different British Opens all played at the same course over the years, mm. and then kind of put it all together to make this virtual British Open of the ages so I was watching I didn't know they were doing this but I was watching a British Open from St Andrews and Tiger Woods was on and I thought fair enough then Jack Nicklaus and I was like Jack Nicklaus oh he may have played when Tiger played then Greg Norman and then finally I saw Gary Player taking off and I kind of worked out
3: that this was some kind of montage.
0: Steve-o you were keen to get in there?
3: Oh, i was just gonna yeah sorry apologies sometimes the time delay from from melbourne uh, <laughs> sends me back but the um <laughs> it must be being an extra lockdown uh, no i was just gonna say i watched one of the re-commentaries uh, where they had uh, uh, mark war and uh, adam gilchrist comment commentating on the famous world cup semi-final where we beat south africa oh. and i gotta say that was pretty compelling because they were there. They were there. That's uh, that's different. Commentating and remembering at the same time. Oh, it wow. it, it's, it sort of worked for me. Yeah,
0: that'd be unreal. I'm gonna actually look that one up. Because I mean, what I found myself doing, you know, I'm guilty. I'm sure others are as well. Of channel surfing through the the low five hundreds on your Fox Sport and. Stumbling across a you know, World Series cricket game from 86 or 87 where Peter Taylor's an unlikely hero for Australia. It's uh, Two hours gone. You can waste a lot of time, that's
2: right. <laughs> exactly right, exactly right.
0: <laughs> and don't get me started on the 1984 Monaco Grand Prix, which yes, I've still got recorded. <laughs> one, yeah, one Yes.
2: It, quite compelling. Other cars used to win, you know. They were. Yeah, yeah,
0: back in the good old days. Anyway, so that's the media we landscape. You used to overtake each other as well. Oh, here we go, Steve. Yeah, they do now, mate. It's called DRS. Yeah, okay, let's leave the media there. And let's look at the business side of sports. So uh, obviously quite impactful, uh, very, very clearly. Um, but Gilly, interesting, let's start with a little interesting anecdote from you. You were telling us a couple of days ago that you got a very pleasant letter or email recently uh, with some
2: good news. Yeah, so I've, I've wanted to be a member of the SCG for many, many years and... I think all of my fellow panelists are members or have been members in the past.
1: Is he good fame and character? Do we <laughs> let him in or?
2: The old days you had to get two signatures, yeah. now had, anyone can get on the list. But it's it's not an easy thing to get. And I think I went on the waiting list maybe 2007, 2008. You're about right, yep. Um, and earlier this year I heard through you that there was a scheme where you had to pay to keep your mm-hmm. place in the waiting list which um, concerned me a little bit because I wasn't aware of it and had not been paying. So I actually called the SCG Trust around February uh, and just wanted to check that I was still in line. And they said, yes, you are. Uh, that rule came into into force, you know, sometime after you joined, doesn't apply to you. Uh, you've probably got another two or so years and you should be in line. And I thought, well, oh, okay, that's, that's good, that's yeah. good news. Uh, and then last week, I was very surprised to receive an email from the SCG Trust saying, congratulations, you've been accepted as a member of the SCG. And my first reaction was, Really, I was quite excited. It's something I've, mm. I've wanted for a long time. Went downstairs to tell my wife about it. She was um, less excited. Ambivalent. Hi, <laughs> KB. <laughs> and then I read the email and I started reading about the, the, the joining fee and the yeah. subscription fees. And then I was like, well, yeah, that's a lot of money to pay for. 2020, 2021 and I may not actually actually get
1: yeah. to see Oh come anything. on you can go out to the Swans next weekend or weekend yeah. after along yeah. with 200 other people
0: I oh, think yeah. <laughs> the numbers are up a bit more from yeah. the, the original 200 but so this is so really what happened? because well so Gilly is about the fourth person that I'm aware of that's got their the their, their green light including my wife and, and, and my sister and clearly people Revenue raising s- Clearly people are thinking the same thing as you Gilly that why would I do that why would I because it's you know it's not, not cheap it's not ridiculous well it's all relative I suppose um, but uh, yeah if there's no sport going
2: to be on I'm not going to pay that money to stick around um, I, I will I will pay it <laughs> I was going to say Can you defer? can yeah, uh, sure. no, I've got until the end of August, I think. I right. am sure I probably could. You defer. can defer
0: for 12 months. So I think you can pay 50 or 100 bucks and defer for 12 months. Oh, okay. Pretty sure Want someone else also, you know, have a look into it.
1: Well, at the uh, the other end of that spectrum, uh, young Edward Johnson, uh, recently hey. born, 2 months old. Good day Teddy back at home. Uh, my little boy. So I've I put him down. Good so what, Good what's he got 13 years, 14 years to go. Well, current well, Hopefully be, we're out could of It
0: be 9 the way we're going. You
1: reckon we'll have a vaccine by then? Ah. We'll <laughs> Fingers crossed. 13 days. 13
0: days. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so I got I got called up in 88 when, um, so back in the, uh, the mid to, la- well, up until 88, the uh, rugby league was played at the SCG, but then it went to the SFS next door. And so my name came up, I'm sure, because a whole lot of people said, oh, stuff that it's not, that the value isn't there anymore. I'm not interested. And so similar kind of concept. Yeah. And it sort of ties, so you said
2: Feb, Gilly? Yeah, yeah I think it was February. It was early in the year.
0: Because it ties in with that letter that, um, is it Tony Shepard, the chair of the trust? I might be misspeaking there. Yeah, who's He's the
3: giant. Yeah, yeah, but I
0: think he might also be associated with the SCG. Anyway, um, good research there on our part. Uh, So he sent out. They, they, the trust, sent out a letter basically imploring members to stick with them um, because membership subscriptions are the only way they've got of doing what they do. Um, So yes, John, to your point about revenue raising, I think that's probably what's uh, going on. Yeah, just getting a few more, few more people involved because it's so easy to get a seat in the members.
3: So the da- well the danger here right is actually the that this is the canary in the coal mine and we're looking at a fundamental change to the economics of major sports you know any of them that rely on box office you know bums on seats uh, are in for a hell of a short-term challenge and they're going to be relying big time on tv contracts and as we've seen there's been a couple that have been able to renegotiate and drop the price
0: mm. Well, it's interesting that the lengths of different sports have gone to, right? And and clearly, the impact on individual sports is a bit of a luck thing because it depends on what part of the world you're in. And it also depends on the timing of your season. So at the moment, here we are in July as we go to digits. Um, we haven't had a cricket season in Australia to speak of. And so cricket hasn't really been affected from a, you know ability to put bums on seats point of view. They've That hasn't stopped them from um, hiving off staff. In fact, we've got a couple of stats I dragged up. It's probably worth... Uh, reminding us of what impact it has at sort of a head office kind of level. I'll come back to the sports themselves. but um, Cricket Australia stood down 80% of their staff on 20% pay in April. Uh, in June, they cut 40 jobs to save $40 million bucks uh, as part of cost-cutting, blah, blah, blah. Um, some 200 jobs have been lost uh, at the top level in cricket across the country. So there's a significant impact. of. There's just a little snapshot of wow. what it's meant for one sport. And it's worth reminding ourselves of that. I mean, it's, it was in the news at the time. T20 World Cup got <clears throat> cancelled as well? Got canned, exactly, or postponed, postponed, I think, technically, yeah, for another 12 months. Um, but, yeah, so it's interesting the lengths that sports will go to to, to turn that buck. I mean, with the with the t- 2020 uh, World Champs, uh, Jono, being postponed, the IPL... Uh, you know, jumps into that spot basically with the sounds of things. Apparently, that's worth 500 million US, that tournament. The occurrence of that tournament spins half a billion dollars US. It'd be
1: fascinating to see how that goes on TV without crowds, though, won't it? Just without yeah, having that hard. atmosphere in the crowd. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure they'll still, um, we'll, we'll still all be watching it.
2: I think the, the hardest, I mean, there's so many challenges, and I, I was listening to an interview with a, a US sports administrator, and he was talking about cost and complexity and those being the the two major challenges of covid but you know, for me, the other word that pops into my head when I think about the future of sports over the next twelve months is just uncertainty. Uh, there is no certainty right now. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And if you just you can you can look at this in many many different ways. But just look at uh, logistics. So you think about the the biggest football event in the world, Qatar twenty twenty two, two years away. Maybe not relevant, but they have um, we'll their qualifiers soon, which, they? which actually started in June twenty nineteen. So oh. now that's already behind schedule. Wow. Meanwhile, the Euro um, Championship was postponed um, this year, so that's they're going to play that in 2021 instead. But that's going to take up more days in the in the calendar. Um, the club,
0: there's a lot of fluidity to these calendars, isn't there?
2: Th- well, there's not that much. There, there, there needs to there be. needs to be, yeah. but there's no there's not that much time. I mm. mean, the, the 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 calendar was already chock a block, and because. Uh, FIFA had moved the Qatar World Cup to December they had already got all of the major clubs to change ah. their seasons for that year so that's kind of backed up a little <laughs> taken up a bit of time uh, you know the, UEFA's not going to be happy about postponing their tournament is uh, Con- not going to be happy about postponing the um, uh, the Copa America oh, yeah. uh, so it's Is
0: I mean, that the tournament we got an invite to? Australia was playing yes. for that? Mm. Yes Yeah okay Um, Yeah, well, you mentioned the US there, Gilly. I mean, baseball's just about to start. They're they're playing 60 games instead of 160. And they, as I understand, I don't know details, but have had a lot lot of back and forth between the players' union and the owners as to how they're going to... What sort of arrangements you come to. Do players get paid full salary? Is it their fault, inverted commas, that you don't have the revenue streams that ultimately fuel the massive salaries that they get? Uh, NFL's crossing their fingers hard, uh, you know, in the hope that their season goes ahead.
3: Well, and the N- NBA is just about to, to kick off as we go to digits uh, at the end of July, and what they've done is they've cut the season. They've only left the teams that had a chance of making the playoffs oh. uh, continue, and they, they've put them all in a compound at Disneyland. That's right. They're all in, in a summer- bubble. They're just- all in summer camp. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Right.
0: But, but apparently, those players love it because they're in this—they're in an isolated world, obviously, where they can go about their normal life without any risk of intrusion that's hermetically sealed there's no unsanctioned media there's no you can walk down the street to the local shop within disney within disney world sort of uh, paradigm and not be interfered with oh, i
2: thought you were going to say they got to uh, go on the rides for free it's not, <laughs> <laughs> apparently
0: there's a video of ben simmons fishing that's had 2 million views at in last Disneyland. checking yeah he's just that's it's him killing time in disney right. world going fishing Huh. Now, I haven't been there, but uh, is that a ride that you were considering there, Gilly, the, the fishing ride? Um, yeah, so I think it could be – you wait till you hear it's, uh, the, the NBA players say it's been really good for their mental health, this, uh, this isolation in Disney World.
3: Is that right? Look, I think it's, it's interesting you mentioned the number of views online. Um, you know, should we just face the inevitable and give in to esports? There are mm. more kids playing mm. esports than these old school physical sports. Is, is is that is that the end? Is that it, people? I'm
0: really, no. I'm really surprised we haven't heard more more about esports. I would have thought that if you'd been in the marketing department for esports, you'd be going hard on this opportunity. Um, but anyway, it's it's, it's there You're too somewhere. Old, Paul. Yeah, well, you might be right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I had to get dig it. Different Steve market there earlier. segment. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, hats off to Wimbledon. Uh, speaking of the business of sport, um, they some a couple of years ago now, they had the foresight to take out an insurance policy that included, uh, they had an add-on, a specific add-on, pandemic, pandemic cover. yeah. Yes. So they paid, it was, a, it was an expensive bit of cover, but they had it, for, I think it was for 10 years and two or three years in. We'll be calling on that, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> nice Lloyds right. of London will be uh, in all sorts of trouble or exactly, whoever it is. Exactly, exactly. And look, before we leave the business of sport, i really got to um, – Acknowledge the difficulty that the WAGs are now facing with no live sport and no venues to go to and be seen at. Uh, I did read something in the fair, oh, not, not it's not Fairfax anymore. I still want to call it Fairfax. I can't call it Nine uh, Press around the difficulties that the women, the uh, wives well, and girlfriends, sorry, of the players are facing in this in this terrible time. They
1: can branch out though. I mean, we've seen Dave Warner and <laughs> Candice Warner on TikTok. I don't know if you've caught up with that, Roji, oh, but there's that. lots of different TikToks out there. So yeah, it's just all about embracing different forms of social media. Different opportunities. Fantastic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so that's the business of sport. And now there's the grassroots, the uh, the place in society uh, of, of sport. And I was reading, let me, let me kick this off. There was a, a report that I read where the Australian Sports Foundation, I think it was, had did a survey. So it of went out to a whole lot of different... Um, sporting clubs around the country and uh, did a survey of how they're coping, basically. I think it was about... Uh, they had about five, 6,000 responses from about a, a potential of 70,000 different community clubs around the country. And ultimately, the survey found that there's about a 100... Sorry, 1. 1.6 billion... Got my decimal points out of place there. 1.6 bill has been lost... By the community clubs because of the pandemic, and we've got all, all got kids of varying degrees of ages, and uh, you know I've got one one fellow who's who, who's missed out badly on on Auskick, Absolutely was bouncing off the walls when he did his first uh, session back there last week. But yeah, um, yeah so there's uh, there's both the finances and there's also the participation. I think people this is, we we get we lose that a bit sometimes in talking about the money involved, and that's the thing that gets the headlines. But it's also the the loss of participation by you know you, Gilly, you're our expert football coach. Under nines,
2: is it under nines? Did I get that right in the intro? It's actually under nines and under fourteens now. Oh, I'm, I'm d- <laughs> double hatting in, in twenty twenty, so I basically have no weekend. You must be stretched
1: stretched pretty thin there. So Dave. you
2: must have loved COVID because you got your weekend back. Actually that I I actually think I was fitter than I've been in about ten years in the kind of peak of isolation because I Why? Could- Oh, just because I had time on the weekend to go to go running and you okay. know, I exercise. can't say the same. No, <laughs> <laughs> no nor can I. Uh, no. Is that
0: bottle of redfish shit, John? You
2: yeah. got another one there? Yeah, sure.
3: <laughs>
2: but it's. Uh, I think. I think the point that you make is a very valid one. And and for the little kids, I think it's it's very exciting for them to be back out there playing sport. Uh, the kids I really felt sorry for were, you know, maybe you were in year 12 and this was your year to be in the first 15 mm. or the first rowing or whatever it was, mm. and you've just lost that. And I, I don't think you can underestimate um, how important it is to young people who love sport to, to have that opportunity. So that's, that's it's a big loss, and I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, Sydney doesn't go back into isolation, because if we do, you know, the sports will have to close down, and it is, it is like a balm to the community.
1: Sorry, Ralph, down in Melbourne, mm-hmm. lockdown.
3: Well, it's true. We're, we're, we're struggling down here. A whole lot of stuff's been put off. Um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this ripples up and down the, the major sports in particular. The, uh, the players unions are spending a lot of time and effort protecting the mega million dollar salaries of their main players, and I know they're looking after the bottom half of the playing rosters as well. But if 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 I'm a major sport administrator right now, I've got to be thinking of the grassroots. You know, that a quarter of that group you talked about, Paul, that's sixteen thousand sporting clubs that hit the wall, mm. they're the ones that you've got to support. You've got to support the grassroots if you want these sports to be sustainable a few years from now.
0: So I was going to ask the question, does sport actually really matter? I was going to get all deep and philosophical, but I think we've we've you've almost kind of headed me off at the pass but I've, I've got a kind of a confession I asked this question kind of rhetorically almost because I actually didn't miss it that much what right. yeah right. You you've changed who are you wow. <laughs> yeah. maybe it's because the, the, there wasn't much expected of the 20s you know So I wasn't anticipating the 2020 season with any great I've got to say with Formula 1 back It wasn't until I I sat down and watched it for the first time. I've gone, oh, yeah, this is great. I'm back in the groove now. It didn't take me long at all. It took me a couple of laps, and I was back at top speed. Um,
2: Did you have a little bit of a kind of internal crisis when this realisation dawned on you that you didn't actually need sport?
0: Well, I'm not sure. I think I only became conscious of it when it came back on. You know, I I actually know people were saying, oh, how much i am missing the footy? I'm going, yeah, yeah, I'm missing a bit. Yeah, it'd be good to sit down and watch it, but I'm not that fussed about it. But um, maybe it's is doing really bad things for my credibility as host of a, a supposed <laughs> sport show. I don't know. Uh, that's <laughs> Welcome back to Foreign and Against.
3: This is Paul's last <laughs>
0: show. <laughs> <laughs> show and Paul's finale. That's right. Oh, happy, to, happy to hand it over to your responsibilities.
2: But I think the answer to your question, does sport but- matter? If you like sport, yes, it does. Um, mm. I think there are a lot of people around the world, and I, I have relatives in Spain, and Um, one of them was kind of voicing her displeasure at the fact that they were prioritising bringing football back Mm. as quickly as possible and surely there were more important things that we need to be focusing on right now.
3: Too
0: much money in it, Dave.
3: I I think that's true. I think sport matters more than ever but it's so important about how we do it. It's not important to protect the, the multi-million dollar industries. It's important to give people something to look forward to this weekend or this Friday night so that they, they can escape. I think uh, that, that's that's one of the huge benefits of, of sport, and we've got to protect that somehow.
0: Mm. Amen. Mm. Fair enough. Well, that's no good. We're all in fierce agreement there. That's no good at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're on For and Against with Paul Roach, Simon Johnson, David Gill, and Stephen Riley, and we're about to come back with Red Card, Yellow Card. Yes, red card, yellow card. This is a very important segment, very dear to our hearts here at For and Against. Uh, it's, um, how do we put it nicely? We, we, we like to find sports people who have done things that they'd rather we didn't remember. And we make damn sure that uh, we put it back on the public record. So um, little sports people and, and, and associate, people associated with sport mucking up off the field of play. And um, happy dragging it back into the spotlight, having a bit of a chuckle. No, not on their behalf. I was about to say on their behalf. At them. Let's be honest about this. Stephen Riley, kick us off. What have you got?
3: Well, you know, uh, for those who've joined us during our previous 77 shows, you know, they might have heard the name Nick Curios mentioned over mm-hmm. and over again. And so I'd like to mention him again. But not, not in the way that you'd expect. You, you, I mean, he's a staple. Honestly, I think there was a time we'd have named this award after him. But not today. Because today I want to mention... Him taking on and calling out Novak Djokovic, Alexander Sverev, and even Big Boom Boom Becker himself mm. to say that they're a bunch of mugs who misunderstood the role of sport in society. They thought that the whole world wanted to see them and hug them and party with them. And who'd have thunk it but the, the curious most is our, thoughtful and moral guider? He's the guy. Good grief. He's the guy. It's guys very uncurious, that, though. Isn't nominating. It? Curios for gold star. The other three red card. Future prime minister of Australia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's come out of COVID well. Gold he really has.
0: Just, just for the the non regular listener, it's it's very rare we awarded gold star. So here we are in the first edition of For and Against. We've mm-hmm. led with the gold star. So he's but, good
2: in the crisis though, because he was good in the bushfires as well. So it uh, brings brings true. the
0: best out of him. Yep. Yeah, true. 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 Uh, Jono, what have you got for us, man, on red card, yellow card? I'm going
1: to go cricket this time, Rochi. So mm. the uh, test series between West Indies and England has been going on. Uh, after the first test, Jofra uh, um, Archer decided to leave the team mm. bubble. So the teams are obviously oh, yeah. under strict biosecurity protocols. They um, have to log where they're going, where they're not going, and I guess travel together um, for, for very um, safe purposes. He decided to go home. Uh, After uh, the first test, he took a 200-kilometre detour and went home to his apartment in Brighton. He was gone for about two hours. Uh, According to the ECB, he came into contact with an unnamed individual... According to Joffre, How he was... in
0: contact, that's that's nicely ambiguous, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think
1: so. Joffre mm. himself said he was, quote, unquote, visiting a friend.
0: Ah, I think even it's, more ambiguous. I think
1: it's pretty cool. It was a booty call. <laughs> <laughs> pretty clear. Uh, and as a result of that, he was um, dropped for the second test and forced to self-isolate until he um, managed to get two negative uh, COVID
0: tests. How many times have you got to be told? It's, you're, you're not an exception. And Smith, what's, what's the number? What's the name of the politician in the UK who went 400Ks up the country? Uh, Daniel
2: Cummins, was Thank it?
0: Thank you. Yep. Yeah, something like that. Anyway. So uh, Yellow Card, I think. Yellow I guess, Card, yeah. Joffrey. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Gilly, what I hope I- it was productive for him
2: anyway, but we'll see. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, Gilly, get us out of here. So I've got a Formula E driver. Um, yeah. I don't know how well you know your Formula E drivers. No, not very well. Because I have well, no all... idea how to pronounce this guy's oh, name. Um, it's Daniel Arbett. Right, that's the best. my best guess. A-B-T. 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 Daniel well, Arbett. You're on your own there, um, mate. So he actually Arped. recruited an imposter to <laughs> to drive in his place during a race in Berlin, which sounds pretty crazy, right? Like, how would you get away with that? And what the hell was he thinking? Like, mm. who would let just a random person drive their car in a professional motor race? But there's a bit more to this. So it wasn't actually a real physical race. Uh, it was a COVID-inspired uh, virtual race. Like the supercar
0: drivers are doing. They're getting their, their, their little... Mock cockpit. Yeah. pretty, pretty TV pretty, screen in front of them.
2: Pretty cool. So all of the actual Formula E drivers mm. get into their simulators and drive around all of the actual Formula E tracks, except that it all happens on a computer and through Zoom. Mm. But Cunning Daniel recruited a professional gamer. Ah. And, and this is another <laughs> tough <laughs> name. <laughs> another tough name oh, to pronounce. Lorenz Husing. Um, the, the to loop. to drive in his place, um, but unfortunately got found out. I'm not exactly sure how he got oh, found out. The missing piece of the puzzle. His fellow competitors well, probably
3: because Lorenz was broadcasting it on Twitter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, his his fellow competitors became suspicious. <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe Daniel wasn't very good at it, and you know this new guy Lorenz um, was pretty good. But interestingly, did not finish first. He finished ah, third, but up. was uh, subsequently disqualified. Uh, and Daniel has been forced to pay a seventeen thousand dollar. Fine, which is pretty, it's harsh. pretty hefty. Uh,
0: it's big. It depends how much he's earning. In uh, yeah, well, there's the rise of esports. But that riles. That's why esports hasn't come to the fore because cheats, dirty cheats like that bloke, <laughs> besmirching the good name of You're esports. Just playing the game,
3: mate. Like you, it's all about whether he win or lose. Didn't you say that at the beginning of the show? Something
0: like that. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a yeah. red card, doesn't it?
2: Well, I think uh, yellow card. Given that he's already paid seventeen thousand dollars, I think he's done his time. No, no, no
0: no, 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 no. So like a court of law, or because you've suffered public shame, doesn't doesn't impact on your sentence. I think standalone that's a red. Red card. Yeah, red card.
2: I think he's been penalised already, but we can, we can <laughs> take this well, offline.
0: Yeah, exactly. Let's do that. Um, so finally from me, Unlucky Darts, uh, who hasn't known the tech challenges of working from home? Uh, Zoom calls or what have you would, wouldn't be as much fun if there wasn't someone uh, dro- dropping out or his pictures went all fuzzy at key times. So spare a thought for two-time world darts champion Gary Anderson, who early this year was all lined up to participate in the PDC, that is the Professional Darts Corp, as you'd all be aware, the PDC Home Tour, but he had to withdraw due to poor Wi-Fi. So as, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> so, as the name suggests, uh, the event featured all the players of the PDC Tour Card, a tour card, I should say, uh, from players' houses across 32 consecutive nights, I think it was sort of April, May, Um, but it's relevant enough to still be drawing attention to it now. So apparently Gary lives out in the countryside, and the service in the UK out in the countryside isn't great, so you'd be pleased to hear that we're not the only country like that. Uh, And so a few people said, you're just trying to bail out of this. But he even tweeted screenshots... Of some speed tests that he did to prove his <laughs> point, he tweeted them out. Uh, and as I say, so we had to withdraw. He, "Quote: I was up for it. I was, I was up for it. Probably something like that." <laughs> but when we did tests of my Wi-Fi, it's just re- not reliable enough. Anderson told The Sun. So he pulled which out. Which, of course, is the uh, organ of record <laughs> when it comes to darts. Yeah, bailed out. I
2: like it. I like the concept, though. Do they still have the guy calling the score in this oh, virtual darts competition? Well, I don't know, mate. It wouldn't be the same without that. Call yeah. it yourself.
0: Yeah. God, I missed it. So I'm going red card for the telcos, maybe. I'm not exactly sure where we go with that.
3: Well, uh, look, I think there's a sport that should work in COVID lockdown, but it doesn't because you need a room full of beer swing <laughs> responding to someone saying, One hundred and eight <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you want atmosphere. If, you, if, you, if there's a sport that hasn't worked mm. because of the lack of crowd, that's a
2: very good point, Ross. You guys, nice circularity we, that we went to the darts with a few years ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. I went. I was there. It's yeah. one of those sporting events where you spend absolutely no time watching, watching the darts. <laughs> well, you watch it on the big 50 screen, fifty <laughs> meters away, and you can't yeah.
0: see uh, anything.
2: And I think they only served mid strength as well, didn't they? Yeah.
0: And but I think right. a few people clued onto that, and they. BYO'd a bit. but um, And look, I'm pleased to report just very quickly my research for that, uh, that red card, yellow card piece, that Aussie uh, Simon, the wizard Whitlock, remember him? Mm-hmm. He's still doing his thing and mm. is supporting a particularly fetching ISO beard. Uh, kind of looks like he's been in isolation for a couple of decades. And okay. he's got
1: the NBN, so his Wi-Fi would be fine.
0: Oh, excellent. Good to hear. Good to hear. So that brings to the end, uh, red card, yellow card. I hope you got the gist of that. Um, when we did our, get our socials up... We're going to have the hashtag hashtag RCYC, RCYC. Red Card, Yellow Card, so you get the chance to uh, hashtag RCYC so we can find out your nominations for Red Card, Yellow Card and get them on the show. And uh, hopefully the Royal Cork Yacht Club doesn't mind us hijacking their hashtag. Uh, And so with the end of (laughs) Red Card, Yellow Card, that brings us to the end of the very first edition of For and Against. So it remains simply to say thank you, Stephen
3: Riley. Oh, it's great to be back. It's superb, isn't it?
0: Uh, Jono, fare thee well. Good to be back, Roachie. Thank you, Dave Gill, for your contribution as always.
2: Thank you. Haven't had this
0: much fun since February. (laughs) (laughs) And it's goodbye from me, Paul Roach. Thanks for listening to For and Against. We'll be back again to do it all again sometime soon, but it's bye for now.